Hi guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Sermondo Talks. My name is Christina and my guest today is Thomas Sivertson, founder of Lock into Profits. Let's welcome him and ask him a few questions. So I'm here today with Thomas Sievertson. He's based in Las Vegas and it's, I think, 1 a.m. right now there. So uh, kudos to you that you took the time dead late in the night. And he's the founder of Login to Profits. Nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So in one sentence, what is Login to Profits? Uh, we're a full service Amazon agency. Do you have your own experience with Amazon FBA? Uh, I never sold myself, but uh, my account manager that works for me has sold for seven years. And how long has your agency been around for? Um, since of March 2018. And what kind of services do you offer? We do uh, PPC, um, PPC management. Uh, we do uh, total account management. We do listing optimization jobs. We do... Uh, yeah, photo shoots, um, anything related to Amazon, really, product launches, um, stuff like that. Uh, which of those services is your favorite to perform? Well, I'm the, the PPC expert, per se, so that's, that's my bread and butter. Uh, the agency kind of grew organically, so I added on other services as clients were asking for them. And when I didn't have that expertise, you know, I hired other people. So, so for example, our photographers, uh, you know, he does photography for, for our large clients. And, and so, so I just work with people that I kind of ran into, you know, during my career. Um, and, and that's kind of how the agency grew from just PPC to full service. Awesome. And in your own words, how would you say, do you help Amazon sellers make more money on Amazon? Uh, I would say, I mean, I would say we try to kind of fill in the gaps where they're weak. So, you know, we, we don't want to sell them every service we have, but it's like, I feel like you need to be strong on your listing quality, your PPC, your product, your pricing, all these things. Uh, we try to identify where the clients are weak and try to fill in the gaps. Um, but generally, you know, we, we, we get people more sales with, with marketing strategies and, and, you know, especially large PPC campaigns, because um, that's, I think, the, the fastest way to really increase your sales on Amazon. As you know, there are a lot of agencies out there, also a lot of uh, black sheeps, but what would you say makes you different from all the other agencies? Uh, well, I mean, I would say, you know, it's our, it's our experience. Uh, you know, like I said, I have very experienced people on board, um, you know, myself, I don't think you're going to find many people who have managed more ad spend and ad sales than I have. Um, I think I worked on 44 accounts in, in 2018. Um, and the last one was my job in, in, in Florida. And, um, and, and all of those accounts did over $220 million combined. Over $35 million of that was through ads that I managed or created. Um, so... So yeah, I mean, in, in my heyday per se, I was probably managing around $150,000 a week in ad spent. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just experience. It's like, you know, do you want a musician that practices eight hours a day and, you know, plays three concerts a week? Or do you want someone that practices, you know, an hour a week and has a concert every year? So, I mean, it, it depends what you need. I'm not for everybody, but, you know, 
if uh, if you're doing a million dollars or more, you should definitely look into uh, getting an agency or PPC manager. You just mentioned that you manage a lot of accounts. Are those clients from all over the world or do you only clients in the US? No, I do clients from anywhere. Uh, obviously, you know, if it's Japan or something like that, I don't understand the language, but we can still manage your ads because your auto campaign still discovers the same way and we rely on bulk mythology. So I don't need necessarily to have an opinion on what the word is as long as I can see the data and, and make the appropriate bid changes. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, but I would say, you know, it's mostly US. I would say 90%, 95% of what I do is US and I have, one Canada and one UK account. Um, but those are usually for, for big, bigger, bigger sellers. Um, so, yeah. Could you name three things that your clients say about you and your work? Uh, I would say the, the biggest compliment I got was, uh, I guess maybe from, from, from who is my largest client now, he said that, um, you know, it was very good that we were able to increase the sales year over year. But he said the most positive was that, you know, they were able to reduce their ACoS and while growing the sales. And I, I think that's that's pretty unique. I think anyone can achieve an ACoS or advertised cost of sale or why. But I think the, the difficult part is to, to still be able to grow it and, and get more orders out of the same kind of restriction, let's say. And how does the process of working with you look like? Do you first analyze my account and then give me tips or what can I expect? Uh, well, for, for PPC, uh, you know, generally, I mean, generally I take a look at the account as a whole. If we see issues with listings or pricing or reviews or something like that, we, you know, we, we might, you know, approach that uh, individually. Uh, but as far as ads goes, um, usually I, I end up by starting to restructure the advertising account and create, uh, you know, matching, you know, advertising names. So your auto matches your manual, ad group names matches and stuff because uh, that allows you to work in bulk. So now you can do keyword discovery uh, with your auto campaigns and then automatically import all of that into uh, your manuals, you know, without having a messy structure and you would know, you know, which ASIN it's for and, you know, uh, so, so basically I break it down on a very granular level and ideally each ASIN has uh, every ad format represented. So it has a ASIN targeting campaign. It has a, an auto campaign with all those four new weird bids now, you know, and it has a, a manual campaign with keywords and, and stuff. Um, and you could have retargeting if you qualify for that, sponsored brands. So it's sort of just like, you want to just make sure that every ASIN you have is getting the, the most exposure and then it will sort of find its own bids and find its own keywords and targets and so forth. So, um, but if you never kind of build it out in an organized way, it's just hard to get past a certain size because then management becomes an issue. Then it's messy, you know, and, and it becomes hard to grow further. Um, and you know, a lot, and a lot of these clients that I do a lot for, you know, they have thousands of keywords. I mean, that's the only way, you know, there's, you can't have six keywords and, you know, do 6 million, yeah. you know, it, it depends, uh, it depends on the niche, but you know, but yeah. All right. Um, I think you've seen like hundreds of accounts, right? So from your experience, what are the most common mistakes that Amazon sellers do when trying to manage their own PPC campaigns? Uh, with PPC, I think 
I mean, if your ACOS is too high, generally it means your bits are too high. I mean, literally, if you if you want a quick fix, you know, let's say your ACOS is 60% and you want it to be 30, I mean, cut your bits in half. That would probably, you know, it will also cut your ad sales a lot, but, you know, so I would say that's generally like one mistake. So their bits are a little too high or, um, you know, they they don't have enough keywords. So they have maybe 20, 30 keywords and then they choose some weird keywords. Uh, you know, they're like slightly less relevant, let's say. Um, so I would say relevancy, uh, a little too high bids. And, and I would say also let your emotions go, you know, like don't lose money on a keyword just because it's your brand name or, you know, that you got to sometimes just let your ego go and, and don't have an opinion about what the keyword should be doing. And then instead just react to what it is doing. So if the ROI is bad, I mean, you're pretty much forced to reduce your bids. You know, it's just how it is. All right. And when I decide to uh, outsource my PPC management or other services to your agency, and I think that you don't deliver the work that I want you to deliver, how would you handle that situation? Right. Uh, you know, like I said, I, obviously I need to manage people's expectations because, you know, when I show them big accounts that I've worked for and stuff, it's, it's not to like, you know, brag and say, oh, I can do this for you. Or I can make your business this big. It, it really just means we, we have a lot of experience. And in my experience, the only difference between a large account and a small account is just the number of SKUs it has and what kind of revenue those SKUs are doing. Other than that, I mean, the mechanics of it is exactly the same. Uh, what, what was the question again? Sorry, I forgot where I was going <laughs> what, hap that. what happens when Amazon sellers are doing Oh, oh yeah, right, work? right. So, you know, so, so obviously, you know, I need to manage their expectations. If not, you know, they can get uh, disappointed, even if I double their sales, if they expect me to quadruple their sales. You, you see what I'm saying? Um, so so I, tr I try to, you know, give them correct expectations. Uh, if, they're, if they're still unhappy, I mean, they can come to me, they can talk to me. I even return people's ad spending cases where, you know, where I know my management fee, you know, generally it's like $2,000 a month and up. Uh, so obviously if their ad spend is pretty on the smaller side, you know, it's going to hurt, you know, to pay that $2,000. And if, you know, if I can discount them a thousand bucks or even 2000 bucks and that will save their ROI for that month, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do that if, if we made a mistake, um, you know, but that being said, I mean, I, I do try to manage expectations well. So generally, it's not too many, too many issues, but you know, you never know, like people, you know, have different expectations. And, and like I said, either, you know, I, I try to make them happy or, or, or give them back their money or, or some mix of the two. And, you know, then we, we stop working together, obviously. Uh, sometimes some campaigns stop working as well as they did before when there are changes in the, in the, in the guidelines regarding PPC, for example, how do you manage to stay up to that, uh, up to date with all this changing thing? Right. Uh, yeah, I have a good story about that. So last year, you know, when, when I started my agency with, when I had like three big accounts and I was accounts and I was managing about 120 K a week in ad spend and I was overwhelmed, there was probably 13,000 SKUs or something like that. Um, that's when they threw all of those new changes in. I was like, great, <laughs> you know, now my old mythology no longer works. Then I actually got to, you know, figure out how to do the book follow. Yeah, honestly, there's no good answer. It's learning by doing. Um, I will say this. I mean, I am part of, uh, or not me, but a lot of my clients, because of their size, uh, are part of what is called a super seller account. So 
that means that they're in beta. So whenever sponsor brands or any of these new features comes, comes out, ASIN targeting, headline search, I already been using it for a year and a half or two years. So, uh, so you so, get a head start. Exactly. So I, I already, you know, I'm already developing my own strategies and stuff and, and, and trying figuring out ways to use it, you know, so it's a little unfair. Um, but I mean, no, there is no great way. Amazon don't prep anyone. It's like all of a sudden one day it doesn't work, you know, so you just have to try to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not something you can prep for too much but you just got to adapt and go with the flow. All right. Um, then we're already at the personal questions. Why did you decide to become self-employed? Uh, my uh, latest boss pretty much decided it for me. We, uh, <laughs> we didn't, it was the vitamin company. We didn't get along too much. Uh, you know, uh, I guess it was, it was a little personal and complicated, but, um, but basically, uh, yeah, he, he made that choice for me and uh, I became an entrepreneur. But obviously he, he was very nice about it and, and you know, he, he encouraged me and basically said I would land on my feet and that I would do fine and that was the best he ever seen and all that. So, you know, it was a, it was a bittersweet ending, you know, my real career, but it was a great uh, start for my agency and I'm very happy I moved on, so. That's great. So, uh, uh, so, I, so I thank him for, for doing that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not upset with him anymore. <laughs> okay, but that's good to hear. Probably also good to, uh, for him to hear that. Um, how many hours do you work per week now? I can imagine that it's more than at your previous job. Uh, no, if you only knew. Uh, no, it's 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 up and down. Honestly, uh, it's consulting. So you know, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not a bullshitter. I'm not going to say you know I, I work 24/7 when I don't. But I would say when I first started my agency, the first 90 days, I probably worked 15 hours every day for 90 days straight. You know, and then it comes down a little bit. So it comes to goes in phases. But I would say. On average nowadays, I can put in an hour, six to eight hours, something like that. Sometimes less, sometimes more, you know, but I can also have a slacking week where I maybe work 10 hours the whole week or five hours for the whole week. But then I have more again the next week. So it, it really depends how much I'm selling and how much I want to do. Because in consulting, it's kind of like you just got to, you know, get more clients, uh, get more, you know, and then to, to get more work. But it's just like painting houses just because you can paint houses doesn't mean you want to paint every house in the town. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so it's some kind you know, it's some balance there between how much I want to work and, and how much I, I sell obviously, because it's not always I that control how much work I get, you know? Yeah. So. That seems like a great benefit of being self-employed, but there are there also things that you don't like about your job? Like not at all. Uh, don't like, no, I like most aspects of it. Um, I like, you know, talking to sellers. I like talking to entrepreneurs. I like working with them. I like, you know, mar the marketing aspect, making money, business. I think it's all good. Um, there's no, like, I would say, I would say maybe, you know, it's when things go uh, or end or things go bad. It's like, often I feel like people tend to like, if they're like bitter against me or something like that. And it's just like, I was like, dude, you know, and I, I guess the worst part, I had some people come after me actually, like after I'm done working with them and I made them a lot of money and they're like actively sabotaging my future. And I would say that, that upsets me a little bit. That, that makes me a little sad. Um, but you know, not everybody is, is like that. And, and I met a lot of great people. So 
yeah, I, I say it's, it's not, nothing that I'm, I'm too concerned about, but obviously, you know, I, I think there's some petty people in the e-commerce space. Yeah, definitely. That's just how it is. If you could have one superpower, which one would it be? Uh, I don't know. Uh, predict the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be nice. Then you don't need your agency anymore. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a good answer. Uh, what uh, about time traveling? If you could uh, travel back in time for, let's say, five years, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I do that all the time, ironically. Uh, I would say to myself, I would say, well, five years ago, I would say I was, I was not, you know, doing as well, obviously, as I'm now. Um, I would say, you know, just keep, keep on moving, you know, like you, you, ha you, you have a, a direction in your life, you have a sense of direction, you know where you're going. And I would say, You know, keep on going, even, even when it's, it's tough, you know. That's and, and if you could um, beam yourself anywhere, where would that be? Where's your favorite place in the whole world? Well, I, uh, I live in Las Vegas, so, you know, I, I mean, I come from Norway. It's been a long journey. Like, I could be anywhere I, I want right now because, I mean, I worked online for over a decade. It's not like this is my first online gig, uh, except that one job I had in 2017 or those two jobs. Uh, I haven't, I've been more or less self-employed for over a decade and traveled and, and all of that. So, so uh, yeah, I like it a lot here in Vegas. I'm happy I came here, but you know, I might change my mind if I like it better somewhere else. I'll go there. Like I'm not, I'm not married to any specific location and, and I probably see myself living in multiple places. You know, I want like a ski cabin in Norway and I want like a house here and a house there. And, you know, so, We'll see how much, you know, how much we can afford before, uh, before I retire. <laughs> uh, speaking of money, what is the most expensive thing that you ever bought? I bought a Porsche 911 recently. Ooh, nice. <laughs> so that, but uh, I spent $10,000 on mods. So, <laughs> so on a used car. <laughs> Would you say that you rather invest in such things as uh, Porsches, like materialistic things, or do you rather spend your money on experiences? Uh, I mean, you know, I would say a car like that, for me, it gives me an experience, and that's why I bought it. I wouldn't buy it for status or transportation. For me, it's like a fun sort of toy. So there's a very, very good question. Uh, I would say I prefer experiences, and I have up until this point in life, and I'm, I'm 37 now. But I would say I'm switching a little bit over to materialistic things because I'm getting older and I want to have a house paid off and, you know, and stuff like that before I get old, you know. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm becoming, I'm changing, but I'm still, you know, I, I like to travel and see places and experience. And, but like I said, I've done that a lot already. And, and I actually, you know, like to not travel now and, you know, like to be home, you know, yeah. because Settle here down. I have... Yeah, I have my water pick, you know, I have all my stuff that is like sort of hard to bring, you know, when you're traveling and stuff, you know, so you get spoiled, you know. So, um, so okay. yeah, I would say I'm changing a little bit to more materialistic, but not like in a negative way, but more to like have my own security and, and you know, stuff like that. And stuff that gives you joy, not to impress others. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think life is not a competition. I think 
don't measure yourself against others, you know, feel inside what, what makes you happy. And if, if that's, you know, living on a beach and making 50 K a year, then that's great. And if it's, you know, having a job and, and making 200 K a year or whatever, you know, it, it's ever up to each, each individual. I don't think there's a the correct solution to how you should live your life. All right. Then uh, we're at my favorite question. Uh, I think my audience by now already knows it. If you could hire a famous person to work for you or with your, or you could have as a personal mentor, who would that be and why? A famous person that I can have to work with me. Uh, am I the boss or is he the boss? You can decide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's got to be someone smart. Uh, I think I would hire someone like uh, I would hire someone like Elon Musk. Uh, you know what's funny? I had an interview yesterday and got the same answer, and it's not public. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I'll gi I'll give you a number two. Uh, give me a second, then. I'll I would say I would hire someone like Steve Jobs then. All right, because he has a great vision, or why is that? Yeah, because he's a visionary and he he keeps going when the world tells him no and and because of him we're better off because we we have our f smartphones and you know he, he designed the yeah he, he designed the ipad you know in, in 1980 basically yeah. you know there was drawings for it and everything it was just like well the technology is not here we got to wait for touchscreen you know yeah. or whatever <laughs> or, or smaller processors and everything so you know i i think people like him you know henry ford i heard were, were similar in a way when they you know tell them told them they couldn't build a single block v8 and he's like find a way you know and they found a way magically so Yeah, I, I like people like that because everything that, you know, when, when you really make something groundbreaking, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be challenges like that to overcome. And if everyone gave up, I mean, what would we have now, you know? Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> hit it with our rocks. You know? yeah. <laughs> All right, great answer. Then I'm already uh, at my last question. Can you name three tips that you would give to any Amazon seller out there? Uh, yeah, um, I would say... Source good products, product is king. Uh, if you know, if you're good at Amazon and you have a good product, you will succeed. It's that simple. If you can implement, if 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 you're not succeeding, one of the two is wrong or both. Okay, uh, so I would say keep it simple. Uh, look at the data. Don't ignore the data. No sales is also data. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's not like oh yeah, I did everything they told me in the course. You know, it's not like Amazon is a checklist. In the end of the day, you know, the the customer is buying a product. If they don't like it, you know, then you know, try to change things. Take new take new photos. Lower your price. I mean, I'd say be willing to adapt and not have like a preconceived what your price point will be, what your, you know, we don't know yet, you know, use the best price point, you know, whatever that is, but, but that could change week to week, you know, maybe this week is, is 10.99 and, and next week is 11.99 based on whatever competitors are doing. So, so yeah, I would say that's probably my, my main kind of things. Uh, awesome. Yeah, there you have it. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to get out? Give a shout out, whatever. Now's your, now's your big chat. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I guess, uh, you know, if they want to know me more about me or my agency, you know, you know, reach out. We, we have solutions for, for bigger sellers and smaller sellers. You know, we do have affordable services. So if you go into logintoprofits.com, you can fill out a form there for a free consultation and someone will reach out to you and, and, and see how we can help your business grow. 
Awesome. All right, then. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time in the middle of the night to answer all of my questions. Yeah, you got it. I apologize. I felt look a little rough. That's 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 the excuse then. <laughs> all all right. right, then. I see you soon. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it. That was my interview with Thomas. If you're interested in his agency login to profits, I put the link in the description. You can also find any other services you may need in order to grow your Amazon business on sermondo.com. Check it out and I see you guys soon.